When I arrived to the sacristy this morning, Deacon said to me, well, we don't have very uplifting readings this morning, do we? And that's rather typical as we approach the end of the liturgical year. This is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Next weekend is Christ the King. The church offers us these readings on a three-year cycle. So we get different readings every three years to just remind us of our ultimate destiny and to remind us that this world is not all that there is, that we are made for more, and that our ultimate home is in heaven. So we have these themes that remind us of the last things. When I studied that in theology, it's called eschatology, from the word eschaton, meaning the last things. So death, judgment, heaven, and hell are the traditional last things that we're all going to have to face. And the church just doesn't want us to forget that. It's not a real happy theme necessarily, but it's good to be reminded of the fact that we are, as Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. And as I was praying this morning, you know, some of you might be real disappointed with what happened uh, this week in the elections and with proposal three and That's disheartening on on many levels. However, our lives are, are in God's hands. Your life is in God's hands. My life is in God's hands. And he reminded me of that this morning in my prayer. Jason, he said, your life is in my hands. It's not... It's not even in the Pope's hands. It's not in the Archbishop's hands. It's not in the Governor's hands. It's not in the President's hands. Our lives are in God's hands. And as Jesus described in the Gospel today, some people may not like that. They may not like what you have to say when you stand up for God and for God's people and for the truth and for justice. Some people may not like that for one reason or another. And that's hard. When when we face persecution, that's hard. Nobody enjoys that, that's for sure. But God is trying to assure us here this morning that he sees it all and he knows your heart. And at the end of your life, you will be rewarded for standing up for the truth and for loving even when people misunderstood you or persecuted you. I should have brought it this morning, but Mother Teresa had this wonderful litany, I call it. And essentially, she said, people are going to persecute you for doing good. Well, do good anyway. People are going to misunderstand your intentions. Well, go ahead and, and serve anyway. And so on and so forth. She said it very beautifully. And that's so true. That's so true. It doesn't make it any less difficult for our, for our human nature, that's for sure. It doesn't make it any less difficult 
But I think we have to remember, too, who our real enemy is. I think in our, in our culture, within the church, certainly within politics, there's this polarization that, that we experience. And in that polarization, as we try to pit one another against each other, we tend to, to demonize the other side. If we don't agree with somebody or some group of people, we tend to demonize them. And maybe you've been demonized before. And again, nobody likes to be demonized. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't point the finger at any human being and say, well, there's my enemy. That person, they are my enemy. The Lord wants to remind us that no human being is your enemy per se. We really have one enemy. That's Satan. Satan is your enemy. He's real. And his minions are very active today. It's pretty obvious if you, if you ask me. But they are not more powerful than Jesus and the angels and the saints. Nor are they more powerful than you and I when we have Christ alive in us. Amen? As St. As John says, the one who is in you, the one who is in me, is stronger than he who is in the world. So he's talking about Christ alive in us. And with Christ alive in us, being temples of the Holy Spirit, children of God, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, we are more powerful than any demon when we are united with Christ. And again, our lives are in his hands. So he really doesn't want us to be afraid. We're going we're gonna to feel that fear sometimes. It doesn't mean that you should never feel fear because we all experience that in, in, a, in a bodily way. We can't really help that sometimes. But don't let that stop you. I don't know how they're going to react. Well, you just love them. You know, we can still pray and we can still love. That was another thing that came to me after Tuesday, after the results came in. Nobody can stop you from praying and nobody can stop you from loving. Amen? And I heard a, a beautiful testimony on Wednesday morning. A friend of mine, uh, I've known her for almost 20 years, and, and we had this women's retreat, and I invited her to come in to give her witness. She's in her 50s today. But she experienced a lot of trauma as a little girl, as a young woman, even into adulthood, she had two abortions herself, and she said, you know what? No matter what Proposal 3 says or does, we can make abortion unnecessary by loving women and accompanying them. It can just simply be unnecessary if we're really there for them. If somebody would have been there for me, I could have made a different choice, one that I don't regret, one that I'm not sorry for. So I thought coming from her, that was really a powerful statement. Very true. 
We can still pray. We can still love. It doesn't matter what the law of the land is. And I think that's what we're all being called to do, is to keep loving, to keep praying, to keep hoping, to keep believing, to keep worshiping our God in spirit and in truth. Do you remember that from John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman? Jesus went out of his way to meet her. And she's like, what are you, a Jewish man, doing here with me, a Samaritan woman? Because Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans. Sound familiar? You know, we read the gospel and sometimes we think, oh, Jews and Samaritans. Well, it's like the Wolverines and the Spartans, you know, or the Republicans and the Democrats. You know, it, it doesn't matter, right? It's still the same old humanity, right? Division. You, some, you Jews, you have nothing to do with us Samaritans. Blacks and whites, right? We've experienced all of that. And then she says, well, you Jews say that you got to go to Jerusalem to worship. And Jesus is like, it's not going to be about that anymore. I'm changing that. Well, who are you? You know, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. She's like, what are you doing here? What do you want to do with me? I want to save you. I want to redeem you. I want to reveal myself to you. Imagine that. So if God wanted to reveal himself to her, who had five husbands, and the one she was with right then and there was not her husband, do you think that God wants to reveal himself to you? Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. God wants to continue to reveal himself to you, to show you his heart, to give you his mind, to give you his strength, to give you his power. How does he do that? Whose job is that in the Holy Trinity? It's the Holy Spirit's job. That's what I like to say. They always act together, right? But we can assign certain jobs to certain members of the Trinity, if you will, to help us understand it a little bit. It's the Holy Spirit's job to give you the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ and the will of Christ so that you won't lose hope, so that you won't be paralyzed by fear. So that you will continue to pray and to love and to hope and to believe that your life is in God's hands and that he has called you to be his disciple, his joyful missionary disciple. And that'll, be, that'll look different for all of you, for sure. But really, this place should be full of people, right? You all know other Catholics, other Christians who, should who need to be here, right? Because we all need to be here, amen? You all know plenty of other people who need to be here, but they're not for one reason or another. So pray about that today. Who could you invite 
Who do you know that needs to be here that's not coming? Who could you invite to come with you? Who do you know that needs a little hope in their life? Who needs a little bit of healing? Who has a heavy heart? Who's despairing for one reason or another? Who's anxious for one reason or another? Bring them here. God wants you to bring them here. Because here is where we will find hope and love. Despite the persecution, we know, we believe that Christ is our king, that he is still on the throne, he is in control, and he's got this. He's got you, he's got this community, he's got our state, he's got our country, he's got the church, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. Right? Amen.